Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Stevens Creek Church. I am so excited about um, uh, Pastor Kelly and her team that just leads the Dream Center and just all of your involvement and what you've done to make uh, I think the word of Jesus Christ go forward in this community. And just to declare that uh, to the people in this community, you matter to God. And if you matter to God, you matter to us. And so thank you so, so, so very much. Well, uh, uh, I'm excited to be here. And, you know, I like to start with something funny. And several months ago, I challenged you. I said, you know what? If you need some more, if you want me to do better stories, you've got to send them to me. You've got to share them with me. And so some of you did that. And so here's one of them. Did you hear about the pastor that went out on Saturdays to visit his church members? He went out and he and went to this house and he knocked on the door and he could tell somebody was at home, but nobody was coming to the door. And he knocked and knocked and he waited, but nobody came to the door. And so then he took out a business card and left it, but he wrote a um, uh, these words, he wrote Revelation 3.20 and left it on the door. Well, if you look up Revelation 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will dine with him and he with me. Well, the next day, the next day at church when they passed the offering buckets, that card was placed in the offering bus- bucket. But it had a cryptic message, and it said, Genesis 3.10. It said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Well, today we're starting a brand new series called Knock Knock, and so I thought, well, let's continue with the fun, and you can't do a series called Knock Knock unless you do some knock-knock jokes. Now, you've got to understand, when you do a knock-knock joke, it calls for participation, right? And so I'll say knock-knock, and you'll say, all right, you've done this before. So knock-knock, Goliath, oh, Goliath down, you look tired. (laughs) Knock-knock, Noah, I know a guy if you need an ark. That's yours. We're not going to go through the Bible. Thank you for that. Uh, Say, knock, knock. Doris. Doris locked. That's why I'm knocking. Well, over the next few weeks, if you come up with some good knock, knock jokes or funny stories, I want you to send them to me at lol at stevenscreekchurch.com. That is a legit, real email address. Wouldn't you love to have that as your own? Uh, But uh, send it to lol at stevenscreek.com. And I know there's some serious people in the room, and you're saying, like, what is up with all of this? Here's what's up with it. That life is about doors. We go in them, and we come out of them. We open them, and we close them. And in this series, over the next several weeks, I'm going to focus on how God opens and God closes doors in our lives to accomplish his will. I believe 
that there are God opportunities knocking on your door. I believe that there are God opportunities knocking on your door and that over the next few weeks, I want you to reach out and open the door and walk through it. I want you to to understand that God has a plan for your life and his plan is more than you and I even imagine. So we're going to get started and uh, by looking at a passage of scripture in the book of Joshua. One of the major storylines in the Old Testament section of the Bible focuses on the children of Israel from their journey from uh, slavery to freedom. They were slaves in Egypt, uh, and then they received their own land, the promised land, um, the land of Israel. Now, when we read this story, sometimes we are tempted to read this story as a historical event, and it is a historical event. But I want you to understand this is your story, and this is my story. All of us have been enslaved at times. And the message of the Bible is that you can have freedom. And so as we read this story, I want you to understand this is your story, this is my story. We are going to go to a place of freedom. So we pick it up in Joshua chapter uh, 3. At this point... The children of Israel had been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They were at the edge of the desert, and they can see the promised land. Their leader, Moses, is dead. Joshua, his assistant, has stepped up to become the leader of Israel. And so Moses had led these two million people uh, out of Egypt, through the desert, now they're at this point, and now it's Joshua's turn to lead them next. We pick it up in verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites sell out, uh, set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. So when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, and the priests who are the Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and you are to follow it. Now, pause here. The Ark of the Covenant, what's up with that? The Ark of the Covenant was a box, a gold box that housed the uh, Ten Commandments, the two stone tablets um, that Moses received when he was up on Mount Sinai. So they housed that, and it had several other things. And what we understand is that is where the presence of the Lord was housed. And so when you see the ark, you know that's where God was there. It's interesting. It says that, that when you uh, see the ark of the covenant, you're to move out from your positions, and you are to follow the Lord. Now that says to us, is that when we sense God's promptings, when we sense God's nudging us, we, we sense his direction, we should not hesitate, but we should follow his presence. Okay? Next verse. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Now, I love this, this verse right here. Because this verse is the story of my life. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a situation where I don't know which way to go. I've never been here before. 
And it's in those times that I feel like that God uh, is there waiting for me to run to Him. Run to Him saying, God, lead me and guide me. And maybe some of you are there now. That you feel like that you're in a place or in a position that you have never been here before. You don't have the experience that other people have. Maybe you don't have uh, the degrees that other people have. But for um, whatever reason, you've been placed in this position at this particular time. And God has placed you there so that he can show you his power in the midst of it all. And I know it's scary. And I know it's fearful, and I know you haven't been here before. But you are not here alone. But God is with you. And could it be that God has orchestrated this so that you would use this as an opportunity to realize how much you need Him? And just maybe God is calling you to a place you've never been so that he can show you his power. It's a call of faith. And I I know a call of faith can be intimidating. It can be challenging. And it can be scary. But when we find ourselves in those positions, it is so important that we declutter and we just listen. And we listen uh, sincerely and intently and that we listen with a willing heart that when we hear those promptings that we're willing to step out and go there. Here's the big idea of this talk that God calls us to places that we have never been so that we can learn what it means to trust him. That God often calls us to places that we've never been so that we can learn what it means to trust Him. Verse 4 says, Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before, but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark and just don't go near it. Joshua told the people, listen to this, he said, I want you to consecrate yourselves. I want you to consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. These people have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. And finally, their door of opportunity was about to swing open wide. They were on the edge of a breakthrough. And I believe some of you are too. That you have literally been wandering, looking for direction. And some of you have been in a very dark and maybe a dry place. But you are here today on the edge of a miracle. On the edge of a breakthrough. When we look at this passage of scripture, I feel like there are three things that we can do to find freedom. I believe that every one of us can find freedom, find freedom by embracing three things from the life of Joshua and specifically from this passage. Here's the first one. I want you to prepare yourself. I want you to prepare yourself because sometimes God has to work on you before he works a solution for you. He has to work on you. He has to work in you. Joshua said, consecrate yourselves. In other words, get ready, prepare yourself for what God has in store for you. 
You see, God has already prepared a way. Now he wants to prepare you for that way. Now, to consecrate means to give yourself entirely, to dedicate yourself. To me, I see consecration as removing those things that are holding you back. I think it's removing those things that offend the heart of God. Oftentimes, we can allow weights and we can allow sins to hold us back. And when we come through a period of consecration or a period of sanctification, we're separating ourselves from those things that are holding us back, those things that are weighing us down, and we are, are moving forward to the place of freedom that God has for us. So the real question we have to wrestle with today is, is there anything in our lives that offends the heart of God? Now, it's easy to go through, okay, have I uh, broken any of the Ten Commandments, okay? Um, hadn't killed anybody, hadn't sold anything. Well, I'm, I'm pretty good on eight of the ten. But, you know, and we start to look at that and we start to justify. Or, or we look at other things. Okay, those things are very important. But those aren't the only things that hold us back. Oftentimes, it's the voices in our heads. Oftentimes, it's the negative spirits. Oftentimes, it's the bitterness. It's the anger. It's the issues. It's the junk. And that's why you have heard me over and over, specifically during 21 days of prayer, that we need to come with humble hearts and say, God, get the junk out of my life and fill me with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Joshua was saying, I want you to get serious. I want you to prepare yourself because God is going to show up. And God is going to do something amazing. But you've got to be at a place, Joshua is saying, where you can receive his miracle, where you can receive his blessing. That he's going to do something amazing. Now, if you were to define amazing... What would that look like for you? You know, we look at the word amazing things equals what? What do you consider amazing? How about, let me ask you this way, ask it this way. What do you need God to do in your life? That's probably a better way to look at it. What do you need God to do in your life? What amazing thing that you, if, if this thing happened... If this door opened, this job came through, this relationship developed, or whatever, if that happened, you would say, wow, that is amazing. Well, Joshua is telling the people, consecrate yourself, for tomorrow God is going to do amazing things among you. I believe that God wants to move in your life. In fact, I believe that God's dream for your life is bigger than you imagine. Hear me. Let me say that again. God's dream for your life, your life, it's bigger than you imagine. God's dream for this congregation, this church, is bigger than we imagine. When I look at you, I see a group of people that have potential. There's potential in you.
There are people of influence all over this audience. There's potential here. You know, when I was growing up in high school, I was a part of a championship high school band. Our band won eight consecutive state championships in South Carolina. We won three national championships, represented the state of South Carolina in the inauguration uh, parade. Our director was called Mr. Scott, and he was like a Paris Island drill instructor. I mean, you couldn't run a program like today like he did back then because um, we're too soft as a culture. I mean, he was tough. But he was the most loved and most revered man in our community. I'll never forget one day we were at practice and out on the field, and I didn't hit the line. I mean, he came running across the field, screaming. He stopped everything and screaming and said, Baker, if you don't hit that line, the lights of the funeral home will be on for you tonight. (laughs) Okay, you have to live in Abbeville to understand what that means. What that means is that they didn't, in Abbeville, they don't turn on the lights of the funeral home unless somebody's dead. I I can't tell you how many times that that we would drive through town and my dad would drive through and see the lights. I'd say, well, somebody's dead. I wonder who's dead. Then keep on going. And, you know, and so that's just classic. I wonder who's dead. And so when he came screaming that the lights of the funeral, I knew exactly what he was saying. Somebody's dead. And so I, those, are vague, those are just uh, vivid memories. But he also had some other sayings. And there's a lot of things I remember, but I remember this. He talked about potential a lot. And he would call greatness out of us, but then he would say this. He said, you know what? He said, potential is not worth a dime unless you do something with it. Potential is not worth a dime unless you do something with it. I am standing in front of a group of people that you have great potential. You as students and you as uh, career-minded folks and you as leaders in this region. Stevens Creek Church, you have great potential, but potential is not worth a dime unless you do something with it. So what are you going to do? Well, it's time to get ready. It's time to prepare yourself. God wants us to dedicate ourselves to his purposes. I believe... I believe that God is going to do amazing things among us, but he is looking for a group of people who are spiritually prepared to receive what he has for us. Joshua said, get ready for God's going to do something great. The children of Israel had to do something. Here's the point. I am challenging you to take a step, for God will use your action to turn the opportunity into a reality. I want you to take a step for God's going to use your action to turn an opportunity into a reality. You see, life is more than preparation. To be a success in life requires action. See, you can prepare all day. But until you get out and take that step and do something about it, 
That's where the difference will be made. So Joshua got the children of Israel. He consecrated. He prepared them. But they had a problem because he's preparing them to take the promised land. But they were here in in the edge of the desert. They could see the promised land right uh, uh, in uh, uh, in their view. But yet in between there was a barrier. It was the Jordan River. And there were two million people that they had to get across the Jordan River. And they didn't have time to build a bridge. And they didn't have a ferry boat. So how do you get this many people across the Jordan River? Well, God gave these individuals an opportunity to be a part of a miracle. There are sometimes God will do a miracle for you. But there are other times where God wants, allows you to be a part of a miracle that he is going to do. We pick up the story. Chapter 3, verse 6, Joshua said to the priest, he said, I want you to take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of these people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today, Joshua, I'm going to begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel, so that they may know that I am with you just like I was with Moses. Tell the priest to carry the Ark of the Covenant. They're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. It's the presence of the Lord. It's like carrying the promises of God. For us, it would be like carrying the Word of God, the promises of God on our shoulders. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant is when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, I want you to go and I want you to stand in the river. I want you to stand in the river with the promises of God. In other words, I want you to get your feet wet. Could it be that the Lord is saying to you, it's time to get your feet wet? You've been watching from a distance for far too long. And it's time for you to step into the life that he has called you to live. It is time for you to step into the promises that he has for you. It is time for you to take that step. Are you willing to do that? There are too many folks that just... they. They come to Stevens Creek, and it's like they're sitting in the grandstands, and they're watching this ministry take place on the, on the playing field. And every week they come, and they enjoy the show. And the show is awesome. But this place is more than a show. It's more than an event. It's a movement. And you've got to understand that you are a part of a movement that began over 2,000 years ago in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when God released his spirit upon this world. And generation after generation after generation, uh, those that have gone before us has carried the torch of Pentecost. And now it is our responsibility to carry that same torch so that the next generation can experience what we have experienced. got to get your feet wet. You got to step out into the water. He said to the priest, I want you to step out into the water. He's saying to you, he's saying to me, I want you to step out in the water. 
I want you to step out in the water. What are you doing with what you've been given? What are you doing? I'm looking at a group of people that have great potential. What are you doing with what you have been given? I'm calling you to step out. To step out. Now the priests carried the ark into the water. They stepped into the water and they trusted God for a miracle. So they're consecrated, they're prepared, um, and then they stepped out and did it. Now here's the point. We've got to come to the place where we trust God and we understand that he is working in your life even when you do not see it. I want you to trust God knowing that he's working. He's working in your life. He's working in this situation. You, you may not be able to see it, but he is at work. And let me say, that's how these uh, priests felt like that day. That as soon as they stepped out in the water, God gave them a part, an opportunity to be a part of this miracle. They stepped out in the water. As soon as they stepped into the water, the miracle happened. The water stopped flowing, but here's the the challenge with that. We pick it up in, I think, verse uh, 15. He said, now the, the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. So this is not where, oh, the water was weak and we're able to you know, build a dam and so forth. The water's at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Now, let's, uh, it said, the water from upstream. Those are key words that most of the time you just gloss over. Okay, water from upstream. So you don't think anything about that, but you need to, to stop right there and let's understand what that means. This is where we're going to go deep, okay? It piled up into a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the, the uh, vicinity of Zarethan. Okay, a great distance away in a town called Adam. So they stepped in and 20 miles upstream in the town of Adam, the water stopped flowing. Okay, 20 miles. This is like a math problem. Okay, if it's 20 miles upstream and the water is going 5 miles an hour, how long does it take for the water to stop flowing? How many hours to the, where the priests are? Well, I don't know. You can figure that out let me know next week. I'm not a math whiz. Uh, I can talk, but I can't, uh, can't do all that, that figuring. But, but here's what I, was happening here. It stopped. Imagine this. The priests are standing in the water. The water's still flowing. Where am I going with this? The miracle took place. But the miracle took place 20 miles upstream. I'm sure they're standing there in the water, and 15 minutes goes by, uh, 30 minutes, an hour goes by, two hours goes by, water's still flowing, and they're thinking, okay, God, you said the miracle is going to take place, and we don't see any miracle taking place. But yet it had taken place, but it was 20 miles upstream. So many times in your life, in my life, we are at a place, God, I need help. And the moment that we pray for help, God brings help. But it's 20 miles upstream. The miracle has taken place, 
But it's 20 miles upstream. It is as if God is saying, I want you to stand in the water and I want you to trust me to complete what I told you that I was going to do. And I am sure that some of those priests were thinking, oh, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but they stood there. There are times in your life when you will pray and God will give you an answer, but the answer that you'll receive will be found in a waiting room. And that you are on your path and God takes you and places you in the waiting room and it is there in the waiting room where you're learning how to trust God to complete what he started, where you're learning how to trust God for the miracle that he has for you. Some of you are so uptight and you're so stressed out because you prayed and prayed and prayed and you feel like God has answered you, but you don't see the results of it. And here's the message to you. God has heard your prayer. God has answered, and it's 20 miles upstream. But it's coming. Because there's a time and there's a season for everything. And the truth of the matter is, if the answer came today, you could not handle it. And God is trying to build you up into the person so that you can handle the blessings that he has for you. But you've got to grow up. You've got to consecrate yourself. You've got to uh, be sanctified, set apart for him. And God's going to allow you to see a miracle, but he's also going to allow you to be a part of it. And that's the point. God does not only want you to see a miracle, he wants you to get your feet wet, to be a part of a miracle. God is going to give you an opportunity to be a part. Today we're starting 21 days of prayer. This is a season that we have to get the junk out of our lives. To call on him. To consecrate. To to step um, away from some things. So that God's word can do the work that we need done. You received two cards when you came in today. Uh, The first card is my seven targets for God's blessings. This is a card you're going to keep, okay? In a few minutes, we're going to give you an opportunity to fill this out. But I want you to think about seven people that maybe need a miracle. Maybe it's a relationship issue, maybe it's a financial issue, maybe it's a health issue, but seven people, maybe they need to be saved. They're so far from the Lord. And think about seven people that you want to see God's blessings on. And I want you to write their names down. And I want you to keep this with you, and maybe you put it in your car, maybe it's on your nightstand. Maybe it's on your bathroom counter or your kitchen counter. But over the next 21 days, you just lift their names up to the Lord and you stand in the gap for these people. The second card that you have is today I am praying for. What do you need God to do in your life? What do you want God to do in you? This is where you just write it out, God, 
I'm desperate for your help. And you write it out here. In a few minutes, I'll give you an opportunity to fill those out. But I just want to talk to you and talk to those watching online. It's time for you to take a step, to step in the water. And the water for you is that you need to be saved. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You've never come to the place where you say, Jesus, save me, forgive me of my sins, make me into the kind of person you'd have me to be. You've never come to that place where you've surrendered to him. It is as if you've done the church thing and you've checked that off your box, but it's like a religion to you. It's just something you do. But I am calling you to a relationship with Jesus where Jesus comes and lives inside of you and he leads you. He becomes the leader of your life. Today is the day for you to do that. Some of you have been putting this off month after month. But the Lord is speaking directly and calling you to take that step today. To make Jesus Lord today. Let me say this. You may look the part. You may even be a member of Stevens Creek Church, but you're so far from God. And I don't want you to live like that. God has a better place for you. He has a better plan for you. And so this is your time to make things right, to rededicate your life to God. We do that. We do that. Will you let this moment be one of those that, that you rededicate that your life, that you say, God, today, I'm not going to leave this place without making things right. I'm not going to leave this place without humbling myself to the Lord. Well, if that's you, I want to pray for you. Let's all bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I sent your presence in this room. And Father, this is the day where the lost will be found. This is the day that the broken people are going to be healed. This is the day that sinful people are going to be saved. And so, Lord, do your work across this auditorium and across our online experience. So if you'd like to be saved, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, save me. Say that. Say, Jesus, save me. Say, forgive me of my sins. Say that. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. I give you my life. I give you my past. And I trust you with my future. Fill me with your love. And fathers, they pray that prayer. I ask that you would do as only you can do. And Lord, I pray also for the scores of people in this room that when they take that card and they start writing their prayer request down, I pray, God, that, that you would move, God, even as they're writing it down, God, that you'd start to send answers. And even as we're gathering, God, that you would start to send help. So, God, let your spirit come and do the work. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. A couple of things very quick. Next Sunday is Baptism Sunday. 
So if you made a decision to follow Christ and you've never been baptized, next Sunday is the day. You can step out to the Information Center and sign up to be baptized next week. I encourage you to do that. Secondly, this is the beginning of 21 days of prayer. And so tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., the church will be open. So maybe you have to be at work at 6.30 or 6.45. Stop by here on the way to work if, if, it work, if it's convenient for you and spend some time in prayer. But at 7 is when uh, most of the folks will show up and it'll be a service from 7 to 8. And we'll do this every weekday during 21 days. Now on the weekend on Saturday, that 7 o'clock service moves to a 9 o'clock service. And so I want to encourage you to carve out time to have a conversation with the Lord. Be here when you can, but when you can't be here, still carve out time. And so over the next few minutes, Todd's going to sing, uh, lead us in a song. He's going to sing a song while he is singing. I want you to take this card right here, and I want you to fill it out. God, uh, answer the question, what do I want God to do in my life? Or today I'm praying for. And if you will fill this out, and Todd will give you the directions of when you need to come forward, and you come forward and place this on the um, stage. I'll be praying for you tomorrow along with a number of other people. We'll be praying over these cards, believing that God is going to touch you. And we're going to see God move in this place. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.